morning. Listen to Mark and Neanderthal when you get to work with the free KSLX app. 100.7 KSLX. Let's open up middle school. Good morning. It's Mark and Neanderthal. With whom do we have the pleasure of speaking? Hey, this is Tom and Mesa. Hi, Tom and Mesa. Welcome to the show. We're going to test you. I'm sorry to do that to you the minute you show up to work. No, that's why I'm calling. All right, then. Three questions. Get two out of three correct. The Masterville Portable Propane Smoker is yours. Awesome. Do you have any palm trees in your yard? This is not one of the questions, Tom, but do you have any palm trees? <laughs> I do. Yeah, pretty useless tree. No shade whatsoever, but that's our subject today. Tom, okay. how high... How high can the tallest palm trees grow? Is it 50 feet, 100 feet, or about 200 feet? Oh, the tallest palm trees. I'm going to go 200, man. You are correct. Yeah, there is a species that has about 200, that grows to about 200 feet and, of course, provides no shade. And just out of the reach of, of Mark's eight-foot ladder, rickety ladder. <laughs> just out of the reach. Just, I'd, love to get, I'd love to be able to prune those palms, but uh, it's out of reach. I just need a longer extension saw. Exactly. Uh, how many different how many different species of palm trees are there in the world? Is it under one thousand or over one thousand? Oh, man, I'm gonna go under. It's understandable though that you would get that wrong because they all look the same. <laughs> yeah, there's actually okay, that's true too. There are actually about twenty five hundred species of palm trees, none of which provide any shade. Your last question, Tom. Which of these three does not come from palm trees? Coconuts, dates, or Fremunda cheese? Fremunda cheese. Yes. <laughs> yes, Fremunda cheese is naturally grown yes. in the home. That's right, exactly. It's a compound. Or it can be grown outside, too. Yes, yes. If you're outside, yeah. Sure, yeah. It can right. be, it's hydroponic, yeah, yeah. really. <laughs> Tom, you're a winner, man. You've got a master-built portable propane smoker. Uh, just put that under the shade of your palm tree and smoke away, my friend. What? Wait. Doesn't, there's no shade. <laughs> All right. Nice going, Tom. We talked about Fermented Cheese a little bit earlier. Uh, it is going to be hot, hot, damn hot today. 110. They're talking yeah. about so excessive heat is out there. Make sure your old people and pets are sufficiently hydrated. KSLX. That Joe Walsh is a guy who's never going to be knighted by the King of England or the Queen of England or the Prince Charles of England. He could have been given a key to the city by former Cincinnati mayor. uh, uh, No, no. You're talking about Cleveland. I know he's from Cleveland, but I'm saying he could have been given a... Because he's an Ohio guy. True. So he could have been... uh, Jerry Springer could have given him the key to the city at some point. That's the biggest honor he could get. That's true. We, We mentioned being knighted because we're just talking behind the scenes. Barry Gibb got knighted yesterday by the by Prince Charles. Well, so then show him the respect he's just been given. Sir Barry Gibb. Sir Barry Gibb is yeah. now his name. And we, if you don't know who Barry Gibb is, he's the he's the <laughs> main he's the main dude in the Bee Gees. <laughs> yeah, we actually we actually have a have a clip of his ceremony. Oh, yesterday. do you really? Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you all for joining us here for the knighting of Mr. Barry Gibb. From here to four, he will only speak the truth. He will always be loyal to his lord. I now dub thee Sir Barry Gibb. 
It's a very, very solemn ceremony uh, yeah, yesterday. I mean, a, a very, you know, here's the thing. I don't know if you heard about this, but he also said he couldn't get up. He said his knees were hurt and he probably couldn't oh, get really? up. Oh, really? I didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah, hear that. Because yeah, you have to kneel. Yes, you kneel on like, a, a, like an ottoman or something. Yeah, you know, they, you make light of this whole thing about Barry Gibb, but think about this for a second. There may not be a more accomplished songwriter in the 70s. Oh, no, he, Barry, he was, listen, Barry Gibb not only wrote all the Bee Gees stuff, but he wrote a ton of stuff for other people. He's got, they had some great tunes. All right. It's been a while since I've thought of the Bee Gees, but are you ready? Staying Alive, How Deep Is Your Love, Too Much Heaven, Night Fever, You Should Be Dancing, yep. uh, More Than a Woman. Those are the disco ones. See, oh, I, j- a jive talking. You mention all those songs, and I can, like, I know, how they, I know how they all go. Right, and then there's the other ones that you don't think about. Massachusetts. It's an old one. Tragedy. Tragedy. <laughs> how about Nights on Broadway? That's a great tune. Nights on Broadway was a massive song. Yeah. Uh, Lonely Days, another one. These were all huge, yeah. huge songs. Now, Again, not a Bee Gees fan, but you know every one of those songs. Yeah, all right. So if, if you, you were anywhere near radio in the 70s, you were inundated with Bee Gees music. If you don't remember Nights on Broadway. Okay, all here, right. here remember you Remember this one? And the only reason why you remember that is because of Jimmy Fallon doing And now we're here on the Barry Guitar Show. Yeah. Yeah, he had the falsetto going big time. Yeah. And Lonely Days and Lonely Nights. <clears throat> oh, yeah, here's one. Here's a great song. This is one you don't think of. Very Beatles-ish. Well, yeah. They were contemporaries of the Beatles. I yeah. mean, you think about it. The Bee Gees originally, they came up around the same time as the, as the Beatles and the Dave Clark Five. They were on the charts and contemporaries. Yep. You don't think about the Bee Gees being named in the same sentence of the Beatles, but yeah, that happened. You know what? I mean, and, and he wrote so many other songs for other people. It's amazing. Like uh, Islands in the Stream. Remember that? Yeah, the Dolly Parton had a massive. Kenny Rogers Kenny and Dolly, Dolly Parton. Parton. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, Grease by Frankie Valli. Grease is the word. That makes sense. Word. That makes sense because Frankie Valli and, and Barry Gibb had very similar tones to their voice. Yes, that well, falsetto, that high falsetto there. Well, all I can tell you, Paul, is it's just emotion no, that's taking me. Oh. That was another song he wrote. Somebody else sang it. Uh, Yvonne Elliman, If I Can't Have You. Remember that? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a big, big song. Yeah, he did. Uh, now, again, amazing. find another songwriter. Maybe Elton John in the 70s wrote as many songs, but not, I don't think as many of them that were so, I hate to say, use the word ubiquitous. But yeah. yeah. Okay, how about this one? You remember this one? All right. Dion Warwick. Why didn't you have to be a heartbreaker? See, you know it. Yeah, that was Barry Gibbs' song also. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, the guy, I checked his net worth. What do you think? Uh, $100 million. Close. $90 million. He's obviously careless with his money. Popper. <laughs> Popper. So he's... Peasant. He's got the money. <laughs> you know you're going to do that for the rest of the day now. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's... <laughs> He's a knight also. It's yeah. pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, and he's old, so now he's... <laughs> barely alive, barely alive. <laughs> he's the last remaining BG, and good That's luck true. to him. Mark and Neanderthal. We talked a little bit earlier this week about the new law in Saudi Arabia that gives women the right to drive. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's progressive. That's fairly progressive for... It's interesting how much older that society is than ours, right. and yet they're just catching up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's it's pretty amazing, pretty amazing though, yeah. when you think about it that way. But now all those people, all those women have to learn how to drive. You got to... I, mean, I oh. guess there's driving schools. I guess there's... You know, I've, I've taught people how to drive. You know, obviously, my, my dad taught me how to drive. Can you see it now? Come on down to Ahmad's Driving Academy. <laughs> yes. 
come on you, down. You get behind them. You're just like student driver. You're like, oh no, no. Yeah. Of course, of I course, pa- it's a woman because you can see the burka. I passed a student driver yesterday. Did you really? Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. It always makes you think. Do you want to mess with them? You want to get a little close? I, <laughs> I don't. What do you want to do? I've never brake checked a student driver, but I have light checked them. Now, what you do is you get in front of them, right, and you slow down a little bit. You don't, don't, you don't touch your brake. Just let your foot off the gas a little bit. Slow down a little bit, and then. Turn on your lights and then hit the gas, and it freaks them out. Because you, you turn know? on your lights, because you because they you can see the front end of the car dip. <laughs> <laughs> they like when they hit they jam on the brake, you can right. see the front of the. It's fun, it's, except when you cause an accident, then it's right. not so funny anymore. Well, we've all had to learn how to drive, so yeah. you know, how'd you had to learn? You know, how'd you how'd you learn? I drove around a park in Iowa in a little Toyota Corolla. A park. <laughs> Uh-huh. It was funny. She was in the heartland of America driving a Japanese car. <laughs> yeah, back in the 80s. That didn't go over real well with some folks. No. <laughs> you mean in the park's parking lot, right? Well, it had, like, little little roads that you could drive around. You, roads where people were bicycling and walking and so forth. That's where you were learning how to drive? They weren't doing that too much because it was winter. <laughs> no, that sounds safe. You might as well put somebody that's never been able to drive a car before in control of a 4,000-pound vehicle yeah. on a slippery surface. That's nice, great. Good nice, for you. Nice going, Dad. Yeah. Did you ever get the impression yeah. that somebody didn't want you around? <laughs> Who took you out to do that, your dad or your mom? Actually, it was my boyfriend. <laughs> yes, of course. Yes. He wanted the car to get stuck. Uh, yeah, he probably In an did. isolated <laughs> area where you guys had to huddle together to keep warm. For warm. Right, we'll, we'll see you later. It's got creepy. All righty. <laughs> that did get a little creepy. A little, little creepy. My, my father never uh, never taught me how to drive, but he did take me to my driving test, which I had to take twice. Because oh, the reg- failed. Yeah, the registry cop failed me. He was going to fail me no matter what. According to my father, they, he did the. It's weird because they have an option depending on how the driving test is going, at least in Massachusetts, where they can make you do the three point turn, they can make you parallel park, or they can make you pull up against the curb and then back up like fifty feet so that your your wheels are never more than twelve to fourteen inches away from the curb, so that which you is maintain a, the same distance. Yeah, which is a ball busting part of the the, mm-hmm. the test. And my cop decided to do that part of it. So we're, we pull over to the curb, we put the car in reverse. Which, by the way, was it like a ni- mid nineteen eighties Dodge Aries? You can't fail your driver's test driving one of those K cars. They're a cube. They're a square. You can't. They're tiny. You can put them anywhere, right? This kid failed. I'm backing up, backing yeah. up near the curb. Never hit the curb. Not once. My old man. I can see him in the rearview mirror in the back seat, taking his fingers and putting them. You know, doing the measuring thing like a like a measuring stick. Yeah, this close. Too yeah, this close, close too far. I was never more than like nine or ten inches away from the curb. Right. Cop leans out the passenger side window and goes, "I'm sorry, I'm going to have to fail you." My old man was pissed. He got out of the back seat, got in the passenger side of the car, he goes, "Put it in drive. Take me home." He goes, you were going to fail the minute he came in the car. Apparently, the guy before me had pissed off the cops so much that there was no way I was going to fail. He was like, all right, I'm done with this kid. Well, it's, it's okay. You can you can be okay with the fact that you failed. I don't feel bad because my cousin Gina, who's the town whore, <laughs> had to take it four or five times. I'm convinced my father had to pay the registry cop to pass my cousin Gina. She was too stupid to drive. You just said that in the present tense like she's still doing that. She could be. <laughs> she could be. Yeah, yeah, you never know. When you're 16 years old and you come to school on a Monday and you hear tales from multiple members of the wrestling team about how they tagged your cousin over the weekend. You're like, what guys? Guys, seriously? <laughs> I'm getting all kinds of stories about how people learned how to drive. <laughs> you know, we all got to learn how to drive some way or the other. So uh, unless you're 
a kid now and you don't learn how to drive just because you don't feel like it, which no, everybody, blows my mind. I had a buddy of mine named Dusty uh, in Boston, which in stuff, stuff. his real name was Martin, but we called him Dusty. Um, he didn't get his driver's license until he was in his 20s because he was in Boston. He could take a, you know, a cab or the train or the bus anywhere he needed to go. A lot of people in New York City yeah, never no get point, a license because no, no they never have a car. Yeah, My father yeah. didn't teach me, even though he was an auto mechanic. Uh, my buddy, Billy O'Malley, taught me. Uh, I, I learned Billy. from a buddy. It's a good kid. Yeah, Billy, Billy O'Malley. How'd you, how'd you learn, bud? I learned how from my great-grandma on a farm up in Camp Verde. Wait, wait, wait. A great-grandma? Yep, great-grandma. How old was she? I mean, you're talking about it skipped two generations. Yeah, so you were, what, 16 or 17? No, I was five. Oh, so you're so you're a farm boy is basically what you're saying. I grew up I grew up down here in the city, but I learned how to drive up there in Camp Verde on a, on a tractor at age five. Well, that makes sense, yeah. But uh, I'd go up and stay with her in the summers, and one summer I had to drive a truck at 12 when she thought she was having a heart attack, which turned out to be nothing. Well, yeah. <laughs> Just great grandma being a hypochondriac. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I'm well, 50. I, I love that when my great grandma takes an underage kid and puts him behind the wheel of a machine that can kill several people. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Those are the good old days. I had to drive everything from a column shift to a floor shift and everything. So all right, now you're big time us. That's well, the great grandma did all that, huh? Mm-hmm. All right, very and, nice. And she did it with an unfiltered she, camel in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and she taught me how to drive a motorcycle. Side saddle, of course, because <laughs> those like, were the old days. Like grandma was wearing a dress. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's right. Grandma had to be wearing a dress back in those days. Yeah, she did uphill both ways with newspaper jammed in the toes of her shoes. (laughs) And she didn't complain. She was thankful for what she had. Uh, Five years old on a tractor. I'm I'm having trouble with that one. But, but, uh, you know, if you you grew up on a farm, a lot of times you knew how to drive before the other kids in your your class and stuff because they needed you to drive around the farm. Yeah, here's the thing. If your grandmother put you between her legs, like, you know, between her legs and let you hold the bottom of the steering wheel while she was driving the tractor, you weren't driving it. Like, Bruce Springsteen in my hometown, where dad sets him up on his lap and he can steer the Buick around town? Yeah, these days, Child Protective Services would be called immediately for something like that. We're talking about the Saudi Arabian women learning to drive because right. now they're allowed to. So Yay! just talking to folks about how, how they learn how to drive. I was, uh, my parents had a beach house and used to go down every weekend with my father. He used to let me just drive when we were leaving on this little uh, dirt road. And then one day when we got to the uh, paved road, he goes, go ahead and take a left and drive on down the paved road. <laughs> so it was a slow process for me. I was 11 years old when I learned how to drive. All right. It's kind of like Raymond Babbitt learning how to drive. Yeah. Only to the driveway. Only in the driveway. driveway. Yeah, Yeah, Dad lets me drive on Saturdays. (laughs) I think he hung up, uh, and I don't blame him. (laughs) We are the worst people ever. Definitely the worst. Definitely the worst. You know, we've we've gotten uh, several calls like this about learning how to drive. Sure. This would never happen today. I was. My dad took me to a hockey tournament in Indiana. And on the way back, it was Sunday morning. It wasn't a lot of traffic on the interstate. And he literally pulled over and he said, okay, just keep it at 55 and don't get off the freeway. And I drove for four hours while he slept next to me. I was 14 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we want to say hi to Carlel, who also called and said, same kind of story. She was driving with Grandma in Kansas City. Or not Kansas City, but Kansas. Yeah, going from a, Kansas City to Topeka. A long stretch. And Grandma said, you know, I need some sleep. I'll put it on cruise control. Just keep it in the right lane and hold the wheel. Now, did your dad do the same thing? My dad used to do the, you know, put you on the seat in front of him, sort of, you know, between his, his thighs and let you hold the bottom of the steering wheel. 
I don't, to sort of pretend like you were driving when you were a little kid? I don't have a clear memory of that, to be honest with you. I just remember my father, I remember him doing that and me holding the wheel and wanting and fighting him for control of the wheel. My, you know what I mean? Like he would be turning, yeah, right, be like right. trying to keep the car in the lane. And you'd be like, hey, hey, no, I don't want to turn right. I don't want to give me the wheel. Come here. And we'd be fighting over the steering wheel. That never worked. It works out good. It was my dad who taught me how to drive. So, you know, we, we, we would go to the big parking lot. Whatever sure. big parking lot was nearby, that's where we would go. So See, nowadays, I think if you have if you have a kid, now back then, you know, in the 70s, it was okay to have a kid like on your lap driving the car. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you'd be ticketed for unsafe operation of a motor vehicle because I wasn't in a car seat. And obviously, sitting on your dad's lap while he's driving the car, is he doesn't have full control of the vehicle. Yeah, and plus, imagine how many kids lost their front teeth on the steering oh, yeah, wheel. Oh, yeah, because they didn't have cushions back then. No, the steering wheel was like a murder. Iron. The steering wheel was like, it was like a murder weapon. If, if, if you pulled it off there, you could hit somebody on the head with it. Yeah, it was hard plastic. Yeah. It was hard molded plastic. And metal in the middle. Like a Glock, like the handle of a Glock pistol. And then, yeah, there was a, a steel ring around right. the middle there. Yeah. Yeah, no, if you if your head hit this, this was before airbags. Right. And he had a 68 Chrysler Imperial, so he also had that horn in the middle that looked like the mouth of a volcano. Yes. <laughs> but, but of course, we all were like, you know, like we would say before we got, uh, before we got seatbelts, oh, don't worry, I'll just put my hands up. Yeah, exactly. If we have to stop short or crash into a wall, you I'll just be, put my hands up. Yeah, you can be decapitated by the dashboard because there was no padding whatsoever. <laughs> it was outstanding. Some Mark and Neanderthal. Fake facts. We'll take some fake news. I feel like we shouldn't even do these. Alternative <laughs> facts and we'll mix them up for fake facts. Yeah. I, I think I just, by way of apology, just just know that... Right, they got bad reviews earlier. Yeah, we're, we're sorry. I, I, I See, I, I still believe in these. No, no. I really do. Here's the thing. If you say it with conviction, maybe it'll sell. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. When a lobster mother oh, gives her grown children's old clothing to another lobster mother who has young kids. Please stop. Those are called claw me downs. Oh. See that? I know, I know. Hand me down. I know, I know. See, like, lobsters have claws. I know, I see, see what you did there, yeah. <laughs> So uh, I, I shut off the sprinkler in my yard, and I'm basically killing a rose bush in the front of my house. I didn't mean to do that, so I'm trying to find a ways to resurrect a dead bush, so to speak. And I found that if you place a fresh Viagra tablet in the soil about every four weeks, the plant will not wilt. So I'm told. Right, but if it yeah. lasts longer than four weeks, yeah. call your doctor. Yeah, I'm going to call a landscaper. Call your arborist. Yeah, exactly. Okay, now this one is, you know... In honor of the gentleman who was knighted yesterday. Okay. All right. Now you got to let me finish here. All right. right. Go ahead. Sure. Fine. The word discotech. Discotech. Was invented when someone saw Barry Gibb of the Bee Gees using the latest iPhone. Using the phone, using the phone. You can tell by the way I text my words. Sorry. Just trying to save a, a drowning fish. All right, you know who Sean Combs is, right? That's Puff Daddy, yeah. P. Diddy. Puff Daddy, Diddy. Puffy, P. Diddy, Diddy, whatever. Yeah. Puffy. You know that due to his uh, constant name changes, he hasn't received any mail <laughs> since like 1997, right? Except royalty checks. Yes, yeah, well, no, that, he makes sure those, yes. I think he picks those up personally. Yes. Yeah, Sends a guy down there and says, pay me my money. Somehow he gets those so yeah. he can go buy his own brand of vodka. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. He's got money, money to burn. 110 for a high today. It's Mark yeah. Neanderthal. No, no, that's a 110 for a high. <laughs> <laughs> ha, 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 ha
listen to Mark and Neanderthal when you get to work with the free KSLX app. Sounds good and loud. 100.7 KSLX. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.